the business context is the overriding mission for 2021 is to drive resiliency and innovation through accelerated transformation. One of the ways we know that this is how business sees IT's mission for the coming year is because the most common key performance indicators that will be applied to IT and the job IT does in the coming year is the operational stability and continuity and balancing that at the top, progress in enabling enterprise digital transformation. So the real path to success for IT in this mission is accelerating what IT can provide, and that is the transformation of IT itself, both digitally and operationally. If IT doesn't transform, how is it going to accelerate digital transformation in the business? Welcome to the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. Each episode shares our latest research, benchmarks, and best practices on world-class performance. Week after week, you'll hear from top experts on how to avoid obstacles, manage detours, and celebrate milestones on the journey to world-class performance. Hello, I'm Chris Key, Global IT Advisory Practice Leader here at the Hackett Group, and I'll be your host for today's podcast. I'm joined today by my colleague, Hackett Senior Research Director, Mr. Rick Pastor. I'll be guiding today's discussion, providing context as needed. And as always, a full transcript for this episode can be found at podcast.thehackettgroup.com. So Rick, today's podcast is focusing on the results of our annual key issue study. Can you give us a little background on the study, who participated and so on? Well, Chris, this is the 2021 edition of the Hackett Group's annual key issue study where we uh, pull executive management from functions that include IT, of course, but also finance, HR, procurement, supply chain, and global business services groups. And this is across the globe, and we target mid-sized to large enterprises. So, Rick, can you tell us about the enterprise objectives for 2021 and how those translate to the IT function? Sure, Chris. Well, they gave us a list of the most common initiatives that IT needs to enable on behalf of the enterprise in 2021. And interestingly, digital transformation as a goal has leapfrogged to the top of the priority ranking versus what it was last year, which was fifth on the list. And that's a really big enterprise takeaway for IT with major implications. Transformation is finally where it should be and should have been at the top of the enterprise agenda. So what does that mean for IT in 2021? What's IT's mission for the year, per se, if you will? Well, it's a lot more pressure because digital transformation of the enterprises doesn't happen without an effective IT organization driving it. So the business context is the overriding mission for 2021 is to drive resiliency and innovation through accelerated transformation. One of the ways we know that this is how business sees IT's mission for the coming year is because the most common key performance indicators that will be applied to IT and the job IT does in the coming year is the operational stability and continuity and balancing that at the top, progress in enabling enterprise digital transformation. So the real path to success for IT in this mission is accelerating what IT can provide and that is the transformation of IT itself, both digitally and operationally. If IT doesn't transform, how is it going to accelerate 
digital transformation in the business. That's the key issue that I think we'll be wrestling with, at least for the first half of this year. That's really interesting. I mean, digitally speaking, what we've seen is IT is is behind the curve on its own digital transformation historically. It's it's kind of like a, a cobbler's children's scenario, if it will. IT is focused on enabling enterprise transformation, modernizing systems, automating and optimizing processes that touch the customers, but it's neglected its own digitization of its processes. There are things like help desk servicing and provisioning, but moreover, as a result, IT is considerably behind the front office and in fact, most back office functions in its own digital makeover. I would say by all accounts, major function transformation is a multi-year effort. And our study shows that only 20% of IT organizations have been engaged in transformation for more than a couple of years. In fact, one third have been at it less than a year or are just starting. This is better than what we saw a year ago, however, when only 41% were just at the beginning of stage. So we're seeing progress. Yeah, we are. But like you said, IT is kind of the cobbler's children who don't get the new shoes until everyone else has ordered and paid for their own. But in analyzing the results, Chris, we did find that even a couple of years of intense investment in IT's transformation have a big payoff. So even if they're behind, most of them, the curve, they can still do some work that will make a huge difference. Let me explain what we found. There's a close correlation between the stage or progress of IT's own function transformation with its performance in achieving a broad spectrum of goals and objectives. So it's actually good news for those, like I said, who are getting a late start because basically a couple of years makes a huge difference in its impact. So our analysis shows, for example, that organizations with more than two years of transformation effort under their belts in IT are 54% more successful in achieving the objectives that they have themselves have said are their priorities compared to organizations with less than a year of transformation. And they're actually 31% more successful than those with one to two years. So like I said, getting after your two years worth of transformation under your belt, you're a much more effective IT organization for things like securing systems and data, number one objective, optimizing the deployment of IT resources across the enterprise, enabling enterprise agility, improving enterprise agility, 54% more effective in doing that. Driving enterprise transformation, which he said is the number one mission for 2021, far more effective in doing that for companies with two or more years of investment in IT transformation. So what are most IT organizations planning in 2021 to to do to advance their digital and, and operational transformations? Well, the most common transformational initiatives, which are, are being adopted as major you know, they're confirmed as major initiatives on their 2021 agenda for 50% or more of our respondents are automating the remaining manual processes that make up IT service delivery, upskilling and reskilling IT talent, closing the gaps in the supply of talent and the demand that they have, and rationalizing project demand, which is an overcommitment is the number one impediment to successful transformation within IT, they tell us. Also, as you might have expected, they're adopting a work-from-home hybrid model for their staff. So they see that continuing beyond the pandemic issues that are currently keeping people home for most companies. 
When we talk about these top initiatives, you know, maybe you can go into a little bit more detail on the percentages there. We talked about rethinking and automating processes. Can you give us a little bit more insight into, into these stack rankings? Like I said, these are the five that were that more than 50% of our respondents had had as major initiatives. Automating or revising workflows basically to reduce manual dependencies. That was the number one initiative most common by far. It was actually um, 73% of IT organizations say they are addressing this in the year ahead. So where are they looking? What are the key processes that are ripe for reducing manual dependencies. I believe we know why they're doing this. It's because the pandemic and the shutdown that happened for many companies really emphasized the weak spots in the processes that they have, the ones that were dependent on someone physically being inside the company's walls, taking care of something so that operations could continue. That is too risky and that hurt business continuity. So they're trying to root that out in the coming year. And that's not just in IT processes, of course, but across the enterprise. No more check writing and mailing of paper checks, for example, in the uh, purchase to pay pipeline. That makes a lot of sense. You, you had also mentioned skills and talent. IT has really been handicapped by, by skill gaps for years. And with more transformational initiatives being accelerated, it's really more urgent than ever to solve this talent gap. So when we see these, these large gaps that are identified with skills and talents, they're around emerging technologies such as AI, artificial intelligence. Aptitude in emerging technologies, however, is not among the top three gaps that are highest priority to close, according to this data. Those are, as mentioned, change leadership, strategic thinking, and customer-centric design. And we define, it's important to know, we define strategic thinking as the ability to grasp implications of multiple complex issues and articulate frameworks and options for decision-making. So in reality, all three are immensely crucial to this year of adaptation and experimentation and what will help with the business succeed in, in what you know is, is today's new normal. I also strongly feel that the relationship building aspect is an indispensable skill and, and one that's going to really be tested in a remote work environment. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't necessarily identified as one of the largest gaps in the um, skill set. However, it, it is crucial uh, and it's going to be under more stress the longer that um, IT employees are, are physically separated from each other and from their stakeholders. Actually, I, uh, I, I wanted to see, since, since closing these gaps is such a, a prominent goal for IT leadership, this year, I wanted to see which skills seem to matter most because, you know, you can't address everything all at the same time, right? So what were the skills that really make a difference? You mentioned relationship building and, and obviously relationship maintenance. And so I took a look at a kind of a, a cross-functional analysis here, which shows that First of all, closing gaps in general has a big impact. So when I looked at companies that had minor or smaller gaps than average across the board of IT talent, they were 35% more successful meeting the transformational objectives we talked about earlier. So uh, that's more than a third more successful when they shrink those uh, skills gaps. Now, Looking at one of the highest gaps and also one of the greatest priorities for closing, strategic thinking and analysis. 
that had the greatest impact on goal achievement overall, that one skill alone. The goals that received the biggest boost from strategic thinking and analysis upskilling are digital transformation, followed by culture change, and importantly, enterprise risk management. So those are the rewards for improving IT's overall strategic thinking and analysis skill set. That's logical. Uh, and, you know, if you have to concentrate on one skill, maybe that's the one. I think there's at least one reason to believe that IT will have better success in closing skill and talent gaps in 21 and more so than in recent years. And, and in reality, uh, we, we probably have the pandemic to, to thank for that. Uh, that's the permission to hire talent wherever it's located. So rather than having to hire talent where the corporate office happens to be, we can now look at a more global talent pool, if you will. The effectiveness of remote workers, long known by a lot of us within IT, has finally become apparent to the rest of the, the C-suite. For, for IT organizations and geographies that have a, a limited supply of needed skills or you know, in locations where, where talent is, is far too costly, the ability to tap into a global talent pool is, is really a game changer. More than half of the companies that responded to the key issue study plan to take advantage of this opportunity. And in fact, more respondents plan to hire remotely than plan to hire for their existing office locations in 2021. So that's 55% plan to hire remotely versus 51% for existing office locations. I, I think IT's embrace of remote hiring is, is part of a transformational shift that will have many more staff working remotely after the pandemic than even prior to. We saw that before the crisis, respondents averaged only about 5% of their staff working from home more than 80% of the time. Slightly more at 11% had staff that worked in a hybrid kind of schedule. So working from home, maybe a day or two uh, you know, during the week and, and the remaining time in the office. During the shutdown, those numbers spiked to 61% working from home and 31% hybrid, so basically a majority. There's really not a huge reason to reverse that trend. IT leaders expect 59% of their staff to work primarily from home or on a hybrid schedule even after the pandemic ends, which is phenomenal. And I, I think, again, a, a boon to where we're going to be able to get talent and uh, really thinking back about that culture change and the importance of the relationship management, et cetera. But uh, again, on the bright side, hopefully this can alleviate some of the skill gaps that we have in our ability to go out and foster talent in uh, you know, locales that perhaps were once, uh, once untouched, right? Yeah, I agree with you. That could make a big difference. But at the same time, IT is home working or hybrid working. So are their stakeholders, the business stakeholders across HR, finance, and procurement told us that on average, 58% of their staff will be hybrid or full-time working from home after the pandemic uh, crisis is over. So you've got IT out of the office much of the time and stakeholders out of the office much of the time. So when do they ever encounter each other? I think this, this remote working is good in some ways, but it's also going to create some serious new set of concerns for IT managers. Starting with the obvious, will productivity improve because of this or deteriorate? The people have already seen up and down trends in this area that have been monitoring it closely. Will IT managers have the skills to lead teams under them that are virtual? And can they um, drive and inspire people 
basically from afar. Now I know IT managers have had remote workers all over the world and you know across different continents overall, but this is the majority and it's also the majority of the time. How will IT maintain or form strategic relationships with these stakeholders that that they're not interacting personally with or doing so very seldom? Those relationships if they're already strong, they'll probably stay strong. If they're weak now, before everyone went home, how are they going to improve in this environment? That's a big question. And I've talked to CIOs who don't really have a great answer for this yet. However, they know they need to train their leaders, their, their managers, and strengthen their ability to keep a cohesive team effective in this kind of remote and hybrid environment. Lastly, and I don't know that uh, I've seen any research on this, is it possible or practical to innovate from home the way we know that IT has to innovate to achieve its mission, which we talked about at the beginning of this podcast? How will innovative ideas germinate without the casual and continual contact between, let's say, the dreamers on the teams and the pragmatic folks on the teams, when they come together, you get the magic, right? Is that going to happen enough in, uh, in this situation? Yeah, we're, we're going to miss out on that that water cooler chat, if you will, right? Or coming out of a meeting and, and walking down the halls with some big ideas that uh, you know can spur into something greater. So yeah, it's certainly going to be a, a challenge to wrestle with. Yeah, I mean, you know, some CIOs feel that that IT teams should really maintain that high profile among their constituents. And the best way to do that is to get them back in the office after the pandemic has subsided. They feel that those relationships could be maintained more easily and individual staff can be seen doing work on behalf of the stakeholders, right? You know, out of sight, out of mind kind of issue. Uh, we, We found that others are concerned that IT's influence on the business will suffer because the senior leaders are are overlooked and not invited to the table when strategic decisions are being made. So as as the business is going into large strategic planning sessions uh, where IT may have once had a seat at the table, if they are out of sight and out of mind, that's surely going to have an impact on the influence. So we've got to figure out ways to to get around that, right? Yeah, I, I really think you, this is a job for strong, inclusive governance models that really mandate who needs to be present for anything to move forward. Uh, earlier in the in the life cycle of an initiative, the better. So that would help ensure that key IT leaders are, are that represent architecture, for example, or cybersecurity, that they are necessary for these specific strategic meetings. And that's a that's a structural, I mean that's a governance remedy, but a structural remedy is where IT leaders are actually embedded in the business or aligned to the business products and platforms or, or line of business teams. They're already part of the group officially. So therefore, they're not going to be left out. It would be as unthinkable, say, as leaving out the business product uh, channel or platform owner. You know, they got to be there. They're part of the, They're part of the group. So, Chris, looking at the year overall, we've seen the, what the priorities are. We've seen what the challenges are, such as overcommitment and uh, skill gaps. But when we're done with this year, 51 weeks from now, we're going to look back and say, you know, did IT rise to the occasion? Did IT 
make a success out of this year. What does the function have to do minimally for them to say that, to look back at that and say, we did what we needed to do and we got through it? Uh, if, if we go through what we're seeing here, obviously stability, number one. You know, this year in 2021, we need to prioritize return to stability, updating our continuity plans, scenario planning, things that we were perhaps remiss in doing and not uh, not being able to see the future in a crystal ball at this time, at this time last year. Resiliency goes hand in hand with that. So improving business resiliency through better disaster recovery planning. We need to think about investments that facilitate more virtual work and service delivery. And, and this isn't just standard collaboration or video conferencing, right? We need to think about the emerging collaborative enterprise. And if you've been on uh, our podcast series, you'll, you'll have heard Alan Frank talking about that one. So how do we facilitate better virtual work and, and service delivery? Certainly for the business, you know, paperless processes, uh, elimination of manual tasks, as you mentioned, Brick. Um, all of these things are, are going to contribute to having a more agile and, and resilient uh, organization. From a transformation perspective, uh, you know, we just got to accelerate. You know, that's the number one priority is accelerating our, our digital transformation plan. So getting those plans in place, uh, you know, coming out of 2020, a lot of folks have accelerated plans for 21. And so as we look back at the end of this year, you know, will we have had success in actually accelerating those plans? In doing so, you know, aggressively innovating um, and, and, you know, creating an aggressive innovation program that transforms, you know, our own stakeholder experiences, our customer experiences, all of these things to kind of suit how we're working and living in this in this new normal, right? We talked about the, the broker integrate orchestrate models. So how can we get closer to our customers um, or, or, or even our products? Uh, how do we how do we concentrate our, our skills that are in need maybe into a, a center of excellence type of model uh, where they can be leveraged horizontally across the organization? You know, all those things, again, they're 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 all equally important for 2021 to be successful. So listen, Rick, I want to thank you for joining us on our podcast series here today and helping and share these results of our, our 2021 key issues study. Yeah, I'm always happy to contribute and I'm looking forward actually to the follow-up research that we have planned around several of these topics. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know what you thought of this episode. You can write us an email at podcast at thehackagroup.com. And if you like this episode, please share it. You can find the audio, helpful resources, and a transcript of each episode at podcast.thehackagroup.com. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. The Hackett Group is the global leader in defining and enabling world-class performance. Learn how we can assist with your improvement journey at www.thehackettgroup.com.